Hi, and welcome to Nasio Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C. Today, we're joined by Brandon Hirsch, Director of Government Relations for Minnesota IT Services. That's right. You've heard us talk to CIOs, CISOs, and CPOs, but this year, we also want to talk to some of the people in those offices who help make them and their agencies successful in their missions. Brandon, welcome to Nasio Voices, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Amy. Hi, how are you? Alex, great to be with you both here today. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to connect with you. Yeah, we're really excited you're here, and and thanks again. Okay, so before we get into everything that's going on in Minnesota, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came into your current role? Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, so Brandon Hirsch, I'm the Director of Government Relations for Minnesota IT Services, or as we like to refer to ourselves in Minnesota, MINIT, that's M-N-I-T. But before coming to Minute, I had a, the pleasure to serve as assistant director of the Center for Legislative Archives at National Archives. So both in my, my leadership role as assistant director and uh, also as my work as a technologist there helped to build the, the digital preservation system to preserve the records of Congress. That role was preceded by about eight years on Capitol Hill, where I had the great pleasure of working for two great bosses and spent some time on on committees as well. Awesome. Well, actually, I, I think you may know this, but Amy and I are both also Hill alumni working for different uh, members of the House of Representatives from Kentucky. And I know that that experience has really impacted certainly my job and I think Amy's as well and our, our role at Nasio. So we'd love to just know a little bit about how your Hill experience impacted your current job and how it sort of shaped your outlook. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm going to go out on a limb, Alex and Amy, and and assume that you both are in the good fortune that I was to to have worked for great bosses during your time on the Hill. Yeah. Um, I think that's you know I count my blessings in in that space, but that experience led directly to building consensus in in my work at the Center for Legislative Archives, and and that work is crucial to our work as an IT service delivery organization here in Minnesota. You know, I think both through the folks I worked with and those U.S. senators, but also the peers and the colleagues that we worked with, we had a, a mantra of building bipartisan consensus. And that's that's so critical to our work as an IT service delivery organization. Technology, cybersecurity, those aren't partisan issues. You know, members and, and the public may debate about the, the programs that state governments are delivering, but I think everybody agrees that we need to deliver those services in, you know, secure, modern experiences. And so those members that I worked for and, and the colleagues that I worked with on Capitol Hill really set me up well, and I'm, I'm grateful for those experiences. Having a good member to work for is, is absolutely critical to, to having a positive experience on the Hill. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people start working on Capitol Hill when they're still really young, the beginning of your career. And I think for me, and probably for you guys as well, it kind of set the tone for having a career that is more service-minded, you know? And then, like, the, the people that I was working with, too, I mean, we were all, like, 24 years old. And in that office, I met some of my best friends. I met my husband. And definitely a time in life that shaped who I am today and had, had a lasting effect on my life. So, yeah, mm-hmm. great experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yesterday, we understand Governor Waltz released his budget recommendations. Can you tell me about how you expect that to affect your office? 
Yeah, that's it's a great question, Amy. I mean, we are at Minute, we're incredibly excited about this moment in, in Minnesota state government. The governor's budget recommendations include historic investment in technology modernization and, and cybersecurity. So in, in my office in, in government relations, you know, the governor's budget recommendations really lay the groundwork for the work that we at Minute, but also alongside our state agency business partners. It's our focus for the next five months through through Minnesota's legislative session. Uh, we're a part-time legislature, so January through May, the governor's budget recommendations are going to set the tone for those conversations with our legislative partners. We at Minute and, and our state agency leadership and partners we're laser focused on delivering a modern customer experience to Minnesotans. And those investments are going to go a long way towards delivering those goals of improving how Minnesotans interact with their state government, delivering secure services. I'm going to go out on a limb here as well and assume that most of our, our NACIO colleagues are in a similar position where uh, state agency services and systems are, are ripe with opportunities for modernization. Um, and, and we're really excited at Minute to roll up our sleeves and get to work on, on delivering those goals. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your relationship with the legislature in Minnesota. How do you cultivate trust with your contacts there and work collaboratively? Uh, trust is such an operative word. It's a, it's a great way to frame frame those relationships. And I think, you know, certainly as my role as director of government relations, I I lean really hard on that relationship aspect of of the role and trust is is a critical component. You know, obviously the legislature are are critical partners in in how we do our work. They set the goals rather for policy and budget through their roles in, in legislation. We're really fortunate in Minnesota to have an IT caucus of legislators who have really solid IT professional experience. We're further fortunate that that caucus includes bipartisan and bicameral members. They serve both chambers of the House. They're both parties. And circling back to where we sort of started this conversation, that technology is not a partisan issue. And we're really fortunate to have close relationships with those legislators Several of the members of that IT caucus also serve on one of our other critical partners, which is the Technology Advisory Council. This is a a group of both public and private sector IT uh, professionals and experts whose whose charge is to to advise our commissioner, Tarek Tomes, on IT service delivery for Minnesotans. That combination of legislators, public sector, and private sector IT leaders has proven to be just a really great collaborative space to work through opportunities, challenges, and set priorities, not only for Minute, but also for our state agency partners. And and just a quick thought on the, the trust piece, you know, time is just such a critical component to building and establishing that trust, being intentional about how we cultivate that time, staying engaged with our legislative partners, and being forthcoming when we have challenges and, and how we need to partner with them to develop solutions. And the the other piece I think that's really critical to trust component is as an IT service delivery organization, you know, probably the it's best summed up in a, actually a conversation we had the other day with a senator who said, you know, I don't really have any concerns about Minute because no news is good news. 
and and while that's a very concise statement, what it really reflects is the incredible execution of minutes over 2400 technologists and other professionals who are really leaning into that mission to deliver safe, secure, reliable services to Minnesotans. And, you know, just incredible credit goes to their work in, in delivering those services for Minnesotans. And that's that's crucial. When legislators know that their programs and priorities that they've developed through policy and budget are getting to their constituents in a way that they can access them, that's really the underpinning of those that trust and those relationships. Yeah, I can imagine so. And how great that you have those groups of legislators that you can kind of rely on as your champions or who at least get what you're trying to do, right? Oh, absolutely. And and champions, I would say, as well as as drivers and pushers. You know, they they drive yeah. us and and inspire us to be better. Too. Ah, even better. So that's great. So I'm curious, what is your biggest challenge in your job? And then on the flip side, what have been some of your biggest successes? Yeah, well, we have uh, fortunate to have several successes, but I, I think the one of the biggest challenges is probably persists for for much of our colleagues throughout NASIO, and that you know technology solutions and services are both simple and and complex, right? We we all consume digital services in, in public and private life. As consumers, those things usually just work. But as technologists, we all know that there is just an incredible amount of time, energy, and resources that that pour into delivering and, and developing those modern services. And helping explain those challenges and opportunities to legislators can certainly be difficult. I, th- I used to say one of my biggest aspects of my job is answering two questions. Why does it cost so much and, and why does it take so long? You know, kind of transitioning into successes, uh, we're really fortunate that over the past several years, I think we've come a really long way in those relationships with legislators, both with our IT caucus members, but also in thanks to those members who are great champions within their caucuses. We've come a long way to helping legislators and our business partners understand that a modern, secure digital service is crucial to connecting with with our constituencies. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really important, especially the connecting with constituencies part. And uh, one thing I wanted to go back to is when you talked about trust, the legislature, you know, one thing that I learned when working for Governor Hickenlooper out in Colorado and in, in, in a state legislature is that it is the trust is a lot more important when you know that you're going to run into those legislatures, you know, across the street at the grocery store when you're getting a haircut or, or what have you. And D.C. may be a small town, but it's it's not quite as small as some of the, the state capitals that folks are working in. So I, I think I just always thought that was a really great component of of working in the state legislature. So also was wondering if there are any trends in technology that you see happening in Minnesota that you'd like to highlight, or uh, maybe if there's any forthcoming projects that are coming from Minute that you'd like to talk about. Oh, yeah. that's. I, I think a number of these will be reflected in governor's budget recommendations for state agencies. But there's probably three major initiatives that I, I think are going to garner a significant amount of focus for minute. You know, first, I think a shared priority again across much of NASIO is unemployment insurance modernization. We certainly saw a need for that throughout the economic turmoil and the, the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, modernizing that customer experience, providing flexibility and and capacity to scale, reliability, 
And then just strengthening all of our shared UI system infrastructure is going to be a key focus um, initiative in Minnesota has been underway for some time now, and, and that'll continue to be a, a major priority for us moving forward. Um, somewhat related to that, jumping off from, from an infrastructure perspective, cloud adoption, cloud migration, I, I think we all know is going to be crucial to our future successes. Um, We're in the midst of a cloud ramp project that really is focusing efforts on moving systems to the cloud where they're in on-premises infrastructure, utilizing a number of cloud providers to ensure that that we're finding the best fit possible for solutions. Um, And then just ensuring that we have the ability to meet those scale, those reliability service benefits that we all know we get from, from cloud infrastructure. And, and the last project, I think, is is a really crucial component, again, from a, a relationship management standpoint, and, and that's embracing a project-to-product shift and, and really leaning into a human-centered design mindset. We're kicking off a number of pilot projects. We have some efforts already underway where we're shifting project teams into product teams and have, have long-standing commitments to delivering those services. You know, that mindset really thinks holistically about the services that we provide to Minnesotans and and asks force us to ask the question of how do we align our people and processes and technology to improve how we deliver those services and by rapid iteration, you know, we we know we're going to be able to deliver better experiences more frequently. And, and give time back to people. And Commissioner Tomes is fond of saying, you know, that's that's one of the most important aspects of modern customer experience is, is our opportunity to give time back. Yeah, it's, that's really fascinating. And I think you hit on some of the key things about working in, in technology in the States is that technology is important, but it's also it's the people and processes. So really appreciate you outlining that for us. So thank you, Brandon. This was great. Um, But before we let you go, as a listener of the podcast, you're already familiar with the lightning round. Are you ready to play? I am ready. Great. All right. So I assume I'm not there, but I assume it's awfully cold in Minnesota this time of year. What are your favorite winter things to do? It, yeah, that's it is a fair assumption, Amy. Uh, we had a, a stretch here about a month ago of fifty below zero uh, temperature, so that was um, that was brisk. I, I think folks switched from their shorts to to long pants. Yeah, right. in those couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's been an interesting shift as as we talked about earlier. You know, I spent fifteen years in in DC. That's a uh, and Alex, you mentioned this on, I think, the most recent podcast. It's a pretty temperate climate in, in D.C., so I really got away from my my acclimation to, to upper Midwest winters. But it's also moving back here has given me the opportunity to get back into snowboarding and skiing. I've got two young kids, so bringing them into to the love of that sport and trying to keep up my golf game at, at golf simulators and golf tournaments. Um, but it isn't quite the same as being on grass. So I do miss those moments of, uh, of winter golfing in the, the mid Atlantic when I could sneak away and do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Understood. Well, so related to sports, you and I bonded initially over being big fans of the premier league, which is English football for our maybe uninitiated friends and listeners. So I already know the answer, but can you tell us your favorite team in the premier league and why you support them? 
Oh yeah. Sports is the other aspect that, that certainly keeps us warm in the winter. And yeah, Premier League, we're fortunate that that season runs through the winter. So yeah, my <laughs> consumption of soccer is, is really pretty significant. My family might say obnoxious throughout the winter, but <laughs> my, mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, Alex, I might have uh, even given you grief about Tottenham Hotspur in, in my introduction email. So um, thanks you for certainly did. Me. But yeah, no, we're we, we moved past it. <laughs> we, we have. Yeah. So I, I'm a huge fan of, of Manchester City Football Club. And actually was uh, came full circle listening to a recent Radio Lab podcast where they talked about the phenomenon of people rooting for underdogs. So I actually picked Manchester City when when they were kind of a, a nothing team in the Premier League. Oh gosh, I want to say it was early 2000s. And then dumb luck kind of struck. They, they got taken over by some very, very wealthy owners. And it has been a really fun ride watching this kind of middling team turn into the powerhouse in the Premier League, currently managed by just a really compelling coach and manager. And and being able to watch this team play, I would argue, some of the most appealing soccer these last several years has has just been a tremendous treat. The flip side is, I, I'm not sure that it gets better from here. So it's a little <laughs> sad thinking about what comes next. But yeah. we're going to live in the moment for now. Well, it's funny. So the, on the day we're recording this, Tottenham Hotspur, my team, and Manchester City, Brandon's team, are playing each other later today. So I'm glad that we could uh, do this recording before uh, oh before my team gets absolutely embarrassed. So um, yeah, glad we could get this done. <laughs> it was um, good, good scheduling on your part, for sure. <laughs> it, it wasn't purely accidental either. Uh, so, okay. Lastly, do you have any goals, and we won't call them resolutions, for 2023? This is such a great question. I actually just in a uh, a personal life venue where uh, I, I sit on a board, we had this same question about resolutions. And and I just said, you know, I actually don't have big audacious goals or, or resolutions for 2023. But I think kind of following on the, you know, my last comment on the last question, much of my focus this year, I think, is just on presence. You know, we all have really busy careers. And with with young family at home, I think really focusing on presence around that family presence in my professional career where that attention's needed. Um, that's really kind of turning out to be my my goal or resolution for this year, and be a spend a little less time on the phone and a little less time just hanging out with people, um, especially coming out of the pandemic. You know, getting back to those spaces where around the the people that we care about seems like a really good space to try to be this year. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I think likewise for myself, I also have very little kids. So that's that's um, great inspiration. Yeah, I love that too. And I think that's really all that our kids want from us is our attention and undivided attention sometimes. Um, unless they're uh, want to be by themselves yeah. and want us to leave them alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes it's at three o'clock in the morning when they just yeah. want to snuggle. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Okay, Brandon. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to Nacio Voices and talk with us today about the work that you're doing. Um, it's been fun to talk with somebody that does something a little bit different in the CIO office. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Can't, can't wait to continue listening to the podcast. It's a great broadcast for all of us. Take care. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to Nacio Voices. Nacio Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Bye.